We're back, everybody. Welcome back to Squared Sports with Lane Frank Podcast. This is episode number 78. Yes, Ashpack episode number 78 coming up for you. We got the NFL draft to unravel. NBA playoffs are underway. And MLB, so much reason that MLB going on right now. We're going to talk a lot about around bases, top five, and so much more. Stay tuned for this Ashpack episode number 78. Let's hop into it. Let's start off episode number 78. How we always do for the headlines in the NBA. First thing I want to get through right here in the headlines is John Morant, everybody. John Morant gets hurt in game three of the Western Conference semifinals against the Golden State Warriors. This is a great series. John Morant played great in that series against Timberwolves, which we haven't got to talk about yet. I mean, I thought John Morant played great. According to Team Morant, Team Morant's like, nah, John played like trash in that series. I don't think so. John Morant dropped 47 points in game two against Warriors. Could have made the series competitive. It's a great Grizzlies team. Oh, the Grizzlies could win the series. No, John Morant gets hurt. It's not Jerome Poole's fault. Let me state that right there. Let me state out my Michigan guy right there. That is not Jerome Poole's fault. It's a bone bruise. You don't get a bone bruise by grabbing somebody's knee. Not even grabbing it. By flinching. Not even somebody's knee. That's all Jordan Poole did there. No malicious intent. Just going for the ball. Literally nothing Jordan Poole did wrong there, in my opinion. So, John Moran, I think it was a lingering injury. Now, I don't think Memphis Grizzlies can win this series without John Moran. Desmond Bain is a great shooter. He says he's the second best shooter on the planet behind Stephen Curry. Now, I don't know about that. You can put Clay Thompson up there. You can put a bunch of shooters up there above Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is a good shooter. Joseph Valentino is a great rim protector. Stephen Adams is an even better rim protector. But without John Moran, this team cannot win a series. Now, John Moran, this is another time he's got hurt in the playoffs. Now, John Moran, this is the first time really being in the playoffs. Now, two years ago, his rookie season, they were in the play-in, didn't win that game, so they didn't make the playoffs last year. They made the playoffs against the Jazz, but it's, I mean, Memphis Grizzlies last year were an eight seed. They didn't really have that much of a fine chance, in my opinion. So this year was the first real chance they had, and they had a great series against Timberwolves, coming back in so many games. John Morant was the reason why they won that series. Timberwolves could have swept them. John Morant didn't play well in that series. So John Morant's just an amazing player. Tough to see him go down right there. People love to compare him to Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose always got hurt in the playoffs. Now, Derrick Rose got hurt in the playoffs the first time he's really on the scene. This is John Morant's really first time being on MVP caliber, superstar caliber on the scene, and he gets her in the playoffs. Now, I'm not comparing John Morant to fully Derrick Rose right here. I'm not saying John Morant's going to have so many injuries down his way, but John Morant's injury prone, everybody. Got hurt last season. Got hurt his rookie season. Got hurt a bunch of times this season. Just a thing to look out for right there. Is John Morant injury prone? Leave your answer in the comment section. Let's move over to the celtics Buck series. This series is a competitive series. Now, game three was an interesting game. Refs were terrible. They made Doc said, yeah, we got to teach our guys to flop better if these refs are going to be like that. Now, Old Horford had like four chances at the buzzer to make the buzzer beer. You know, he made it, but clock had already expired. Jason Tatum wasn't great in that game. Only had 10 points, but terrible efficiency. Jason Tatum, always going to get 10 points, but he wasn't efficient at all in that game. Probably the reason why they lost that game. Refs could have been better, but can't complain about that. This is an interesting series. Tied up 2-2 two two right now. It's going to be a great series. Who's going to win the series? At the time of scoring is 2-2. Two two. Who's going to win the series? Leave your answer in the comment section. I think this is going to be a great series. I picked the Celtics to win the series before playoffs. I'm going to pick them to win the series again. Now, for the playoffs, I had a Suns, Sixers, finals there, but now the Suns winning that. Now, that could be a very well possibility. The Suns and the Sixers have had two very interesting Western Conference semifinal series. Suns won it 2-0 at home court, but had a terrible time in the road. Now, the Sixers also had a terrible time in the road going down 0-2. So, both one seats, Heat and Suns, both had a great time on the home, going up 2-0 at home, then going down 2-2, pretty much, uh, losing two games on the road. Road tripping tough for these teams right here. So, Sixers tied with here right now. Mavericks tied with the Suns. And I don't think the Mavericks are going to win our game this year. I think the Sixers will win the series against Miami. I think they kind of figured them out a little bit here. Would Joel Embiid back there? But, yes, that's a major component in the right here. Joel Embiid wasn't there for the first two games. Now he's back. Joel Embiid didn't win MVP this year. Nikola Jokic won MVP, which is the biggest news announced in the NBA this week. Nikola Jokic winning MVP. I don't want to give away my thoughts right now. Is he deserving of back-to-back MVPs? You're just going to have to wait and see. Nikola Jokic did win MVP. Now I'm going to round out this headline. 
Watson NBA right here with Mike Brown being hired by the Sacramento Kings. Now, this is an interesting hire right here because Mike Brown's currently head coaching two teams right now. Steve Kerr is COVID, so he's head coaching of the Golden State Warriors right now. He's acting head coach, and he's obviously the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. Team just got hired by. Now, I don't like how he got a four-year deal. Mike Brown's an up-and-down coach. He was terrible at the Lakers, was okay with the Cavs first couple years, then terrible the next couple years with LeBron. Probably the reason why, one of the main reasons why LeBron wants to leave the Cavaliers the first time. So just an interesting hire right here. I don't think they should give him four years. Maybe give him two or three years. Get the Kings on their wheels. Get the Kings on their feet up again. Davion Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox. Then you get another guy. I don't know about the side of Mike Brown right here. He can build up a team for a little bit, just not a long time. That's my thoughts on the Mike Brown hire right here. Do you think Mike Brown will be a good coach for the Sacramento Kings? He's obviously the acting head coach of the Warriors right now. A little bit strange thing to see there. You see all the time in football, an offensive coordinator of the Rams. This year, gets hired by the Minnesota Vikings, but he's coaching the Super Bowl, and they win the Super Bowl, goes to the Minnesota Vikings the next day. This is a different story. He's the head coach right now of the Golden State Warriors acting head coach. He's going to be the head coach of Sacramento Kings the day the Warriors lose or the day the Warriors season ends. Interesting stuff right there with Mike Brown. Do you think Mike Brown's a good hire? Leave your answer in the comment section. Let's move on to the NFL. We'll read a bunch of news. Now, I want to start out draft day over here. I'm not going to break down any picks. I'm going to break down a big trade from draft day. A.J. Brown and Marquise Brown getting traded on draft day now, A.J. Brown going up to the Philadelphia Eagles now as Giants fan, picking up Kayvon Thibodeau and Ethnia. I'm ecstatic. And I see, oh, A.J. Brown gets traded over to the Philadelphia Eagles, our division rivals. Team moves to play twice a year. Now we have to defend him, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Jason Kelsey is going to be great on the offensive line. I mean, Eagles had an amazing draft outside of the A.J. Brown trade. They picked up Jason Kelsey's replacement, almost successor, in the center from Nebraska. This is just an interesting draft right here for the Philadelphia Eagles. Did a great job. Now, one player who wasn't traded on draft weekend was Baker Mayfield. Everybody, Baker Mayfield was not traded. Interesting stuff right there, Baker Mayfield not being traded. But do you think Baker Mayfield deserves to be traded? I mean, he wants to go to the Seahawks. Pete Carroll said, hey, I don't think we're going after a veteran quarterback. Now, I don't think they will either. They extended Geno Smith. They extended our guy, Jacob Beeson, who we always talk about on the show. Well, I thought the Colts should have started last year uh, when Carson Wentz was going to be here, but then Carson Wentz obviously was healthy. So interesting stuff right there. But yeah, Baker Mayfield not traded on draft week. Do you think he should have been traded? Jamie Garoppolo obviously wasn't traded. He's not going to go to the Falcons. They got Desmond Ritter. He's not going to the Titans. They got Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill. And the Falcons obviously have Marcus Mariota. So this is just interesting stuff right here for Baker Mayfield. I don't think he's going to the Panthers. They have Sam Darnold. They have P.J. Walker. They still have Cam Newton. They picked up Mac Rowe. They don't need another quarterback in that room, in my opinion. So, leave your thoughts on Baker Mayfield not being traded. But let's move to the MLB to round out these headlines. My New York Mets are a play. Getting the first team 220 wins. Yankees being the next team 20 wins. Then the Dodgers, and it's probably going to be the Angels next. So, just this little bit of interesting stuff right here. You go over to L.A., you got the Angels and the Dodgers, two of the best teams in the MLB. They go over to New York, you got the Mets and the Yankees, two of the other best teams in the MLB. So, just interesting stuff right here. West Coast, East Coast, L.A., New York. Four of the best teams that will be right now. Now, I'm going to do my top five later on this episode, top five teams that will be where all these teams are on this list. So stay tuned for that. I mean, one more thing I want to talk about in the headlines right here is Bob Woodward, everybody. Now, if you don't know who Bob Woodward is, Bob Woodward is the manager of the Texas Rangers, everybody. Texas Rangers are a good team. They spent a bunch of money this offseason. They got Mitch Garver. They got all-star second baseman and shortstops in Mark Simeon and Corey Seager, both all-stars, perennial all-stars every year. Then... They, have, they used to have Jory Galdon on Maymore. They have first baseman, Nathaniel Lowe. They have Nick Solak. They have John Gray. They have Dan Dunning. They have former top 10 pick, Colby Allard, that pitcher. So this is a good team, in my opinion. But with Bob Woodward as manager, they're a terrible team. Bob Woodward has had a couple incidents in the past. Now, if you remember from a couple years ago, in the 2020 season, Fernando Tatis Jr., really when he first burst onto the scene, hits a home run, grand slam, up 3-0 in the count, or he up 7-0 in the game. And Bob Woodward says, hey, that's bad baseball etiquette right there. Who cares? It brings excitement to the game. It's a grand slam. Who cares? It brings excitement to the game. Now, there's another incident that happened this week and all Mother's Day with Bob Woodward. Gleyber Torres hit a home run 
walk-off home run to win the game against ten, uh, Texas Rangers. Bob Ward said, hey, Yankee Stadium's a Little League park. That's not a home run at any other park, which is true. It isn't a home run at any other park because it has a short porch. But who cares? We're in the dead ball era right now. We're in the dead ball era. If we had juice baseballs like we did last year, any other year before that, that's a no-doubt home run. Now, I hate how we're in the dead ball era right now. I liked having the juice baseballs. I really liked having the juice baseballs. It brings more home runs. brings more excitement to the game. Now, this is obviously bad for baseball, but Bob Ward's saying, Yankee Stadium's a Little League park. Have some respect, man. This is Yankee Stadium we're talking about here. I'm not even a Yankees fan. Have some respect. That's about for the headlines this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, usually, after we do the headlines, we do my favorite of the week. Now, this week, we're switching up. We're doing my favorite take of the week. My take of the week, my breakdown right here. Let's all get to it. The take I want to talk about this week is the Jordan Addison situation. Now, if you don't know who Jordan Addison is, he's a wide receiver, formerly from the Pittsburgh Panthers, won the Belenikoff Award, was a sophomore last year. He's going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft this year. Wasn't I mean, I wasn't eligible for it this year, but will be next year in 2023 NFL draft. Will be a first-rounder, which whatever school he's on. But Jordan Addison's an all-star player. Won the best wide receiver in college football last year, the Belenikoff Award, if you don't know what that is. And Jordan Addison said, hey, after the season, he said, hey, I think I'm a transfer to Texas, but he didn't. He stayed put. He stayed loyal to Pittsburgh. Now there's a whole controversy going on right now. Jordan Addison entered the transfer portal, probably going to end up at USC. People are freaking out saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like he rally contacted him, gave him a $3 million deal. That's not right. That's not right. He wasn't even in the transfer portal yet. You can't do that. Well, this is an interesting situation right here. Now, that is wrong with Lincoln Rally on his part. But the people going at Jordan Addison, let me give you his side of the story right here. Jordan Addison, that's $3 million right there. That is a lot of money. Jordan Addison stuck it out for Pitt. He had his quarterback leave. He has wide receiver coach leave. He had his offensive coordinator leave this offseason. And he said, hey, I'm going to stay at Pitt. I'm not going to go to Texas. I'm going to stay at Pitt, which he did. Then they bring in Keen Sloves. He's excited. He goes through all of spring ball, says, I don't know about this team. I don't like Pounder Doozy. Pounder Doozy is not a perfect coach, in my opinion. He likes to run the ball a lot more than he likes to throw the ball. New offensive coordinator doesn't like to throw the ball as much. I mean, Keen Sloves is not a perfect quarterback. He's not Kenny Pickett at all. Clean self is a good quarterback, but he's not no Kenny Pickett. So he goes through spring practice says, I don't know about this team. I'm entering my name in transfer portal. I'd rather play with Caleb Williams. I'd rather play with Bryce Young. I'd rather play with Quinn Ewers over all of these guys, over Keen Sloves. Now, Jordan Addison, that's my take right there. It's a new QB, new system, new everything he's going through right now at Pitt. So he gets into the transfer portal. He's going to get a lot more NIL money at wherever he goes to. I mean, it's going to be USC. could be Texas. could be Alabama with Bryce Young. That's my take right there. Jordan Addison is one of the best players in college football, a top 10 player in college football, enters his name to the transfer pool. Now, this is an NIL issue right here. Now, this is bad on Lincoln Rally's part. If Lincoln Rally doesn't land him, who he's going to get some aid is Nick Saban or Steve Sarkeesian. Find a way to land Jordan Addison. That's wild right there. But I don't think they will. I think he might go over to USC, play with Caleb Williams. Just interesting stuff right there. But if that is true, that Lincoln Rally contact him, gave him a $3 million deal, forcing the transfer pool. That's bad on Lincoln Rally's part. Now, what's Jordan Addison going to do? He's going to report him to the NCAA? Well, he's not. He's probably going to take that contract. He's probably going to enter his name in transfer pool. Now, that's the right thing right there. But I'm not blaming Jordan Addison in this situation at all. I don't think anybody should be blaming Jordan Addison in the situation at all. The person to be blamed in this situation is either the NCAA, Mark Emmerich stepping down because he hates this stuff. Mark Emmerich, president of NCAA, stepping down because of all this NIL, transfer portal. Everything's wrong in college football right now. It's turning into almost free agency. It is. Xavier Worthy, Texas wide receiver, got offered a six-figure deal to enter the name transfer pool. Didn't. Zay Flowers, Boston College is in the NIL market of the world. He got offered to go to USC. But he didn't take it. He stayed at Boston College. These some guys are staying loyal. I don't blame Jordan Addison for this situation at all. I blame Lincoln Rally. I blame college football. Leave your thoughts. Those are my thoughts. That's my take of the week.
top five are, but this week's top five is I previewed it in the headlines. It's top five games in the Before we get into top five, I want to do three honorable mentions. First honorable mention is the Milwaukee Brewers. You can say, whoa, Milwaukee Brewers have a great record. Why aren't they on this list? Well, they've got Telez, who's a great power hitter, but power doesn't last forever. Christian Yelich has had some struggles. He always gets hurt. Now pitching can die out. I know they have Josh Hader. And I know they have Brandon Woodruff. I know they have Corbin Burns, which is a great demo. This is a great pitching team, but I think that might die out. Also, Corbin Burns, one side on last year, great pitcher, but I might fall down a little bit this year. He has a lot more walks last year, so he's on pace to throw a lot more walks than he did last season. So I have the Brewers as an honorable mention, not as a top five team, but the Twins are not an honorable mention. I want to see the Twins in person this week against the Baltimore Orioles. Aaron Buxton is for real. I have a take coming up at him later. Joe Ryan, their starting pitcher, rookie, is amazing. It's just a great team all around. They have Sonny Gray. They went all in. Gary Sanchez is even good. Carlos Correa is an IL right now, but he's a great player. This is going to be a great team later on in the season, but right now, I have them as the seventh best team LB. Number six, the Houston Astros, everybody. You always got to put the Astros up there. Even losing Carlos Correa, their replacement for him, Jeremy Pena, so far this season has been doing better than them. So this is a great team right here, in my opinion. They got some great catchers. This is a great team. Martin Molinado, Yuli Gurriel, Alex Bregman, Jose Otuve, Jordan Alvarez, the cornerstones of these team, of this team. Kyle Tucker, how can I forget him? It's just a great team, in my opinion. Kyle Tucker's kind of struggling right now, but he's going to get things figured out. Same with Alex Bregman. These guys are going to get stuff figured out. It's going to be a great team, in my opinion. Houston Astros, sixth best team in MLB right now. Now tell them to the real top five teams in MLB. Number five. The Los Angeles, or should I say Anaheim Angels, but it makes sound higher, saying Los Angeles. So, Los Angeles Angels and Los Angeles Dodgers are both on this list. Two of the best teams in them would be both, I mean, both top five teams, in my opinion. So, Los Angeles Angels, number five right now, Shohei Otani. The show MLB needed and wanted. Same with Mike Trout. Mike Trout tearing things up right now. Jared Walsh tearing things up. Dave Fletcher playing great. Even Brandon Marsh doing pretty well. Taylor Ward. This is a great team. Pitching-wise, everything. This is a great team, in my opinion. I have the Los Angeles Angels as the fifth best team in them will be. Number four. New York Yankees, everybody. Now, the New York Yankees are a puzzling team. They have Kyle Higashoka at catcher. They have Isaiah Connor Falefa, who's been doing great for them. That's a great sign for them right there. Getting Isaiah Connor Falefa. Getting Josh Donaldson, who would have walked off of them on opening day. Aaron Judge tearing things up right now. This could be the best season ever as a Yankee since his rookie season. Now that rookie season, he batted 284. He had 55 home runs. That's going to be a tough top right there. But Aaron Judge, he might be able to do it. Jim Carlos Stan's a great player, also. Just a good team, in my opinion. Yankees, solid around team. Anthony Rizzo, Glaber Torres starting to get things figured after a terrible season last season. So the Yankees are the fourth best team in MLB. Now number three, and call me crazy, I'm saying the Los Angeles Dodgers are the third best team in MLB. You're going to see who I have above them. Now the Los Angeles Dodgers are a good team. Mookie Betts is struggling a little bit right now. He's going to get things figured out. But for right now, I have the Los Angeles Dodgers at number three. Now when I explain my number two team, you'll see why. I have the number two team over the Dodgers. Number three. Now, the second best team in MLB is their division rival, the San Diego Padres. Now Manny Machado is the best batting average in MLB at 381. Who's the second best batting average in MLB, you could say? Oh, Derek Hosman, their first baseman. Now, you look at quality starts, one of the most important stats in MLB. The top three leaders in quality starts are all their starting pitchers. Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, and Shamanaya. Now, you mix in Blake Snell, Mike Clevenger in there when they get healthy. I'm going to see Blake Snell play in AAA. This is a great team, in my opinion. When Fernando Tatis comes back, this is just an amazing team. Hassan Kim is an amazing defender. You can play Tatis at DH. You can play Hassan Kim at shortstop, one of the best shortstops in the game defensive-wise. This is just an interesting stuff right here. San Diego Padres, that's why I have them as the second-best team they'll be. They don't have the second-best record or anything like that. San Diego Padres might even win this division. San Diego Padres, second-best team they'll be right now. Now, number one, my New York Mets are the best team they'll be ever by. They can call me crazy. You can say, whoa, whoa, how do you have the Dodgers? Not above them. How do you not have the Yankees above them? How do you not have the Angels above them? My New York Mets were the first team in 20 wins. Cisco Lindor has been tearing things up. That comeback there night. I mean, the no-hitter, Edwin Diaz, Tyler McGill. Tyler McGill, what a find. Miss Jacob DeGrom into that rotation. It's going to be a filthy rotation. You might even have to go six guys. You're going to have to go Jacob DeGrom, 
at ace. You're going to have to go Max Scherzer at number two. You can go Carlos Carrasco at number three. Uh, you can go Dave Pearson in there whenever you need to start him. You can go Tywin Walker in there. You can go Tyler McGill in there. This is just Chris Bassett. How can I forget him? This is an amazing team, everybody. Now, Tywin Walker struggled a little bit the other night. Gave up seven runs. Now, the Mets are down 7-1 in the ninth inning. And guess what happened? Let's score seven runs in that ninth inning, make magic happen, go down from 7-0 earlier on the game, go down from 7-1 in the ninth inning, and win the game 8-7. to That's the Mets magic right there. Winning again the no-hitter, getting that crazy comeback. George Girardi said, that's the worst loss of my career. That is. Yeah, that George Girardi, is, that was definitely the worst loss of his career. Then they get no-hit a week earlier against a uh, Mets no-hit. The Phillies a week earlier, Edwin Diaz, like I said, Great game for him. Just great pitching. Drew Smith, Joely Roger. He has James McCann, leader of that no-hitter, you could say, at catcher. Even though he didn't pitch at all, he's a catcher. He led those guys at pitcher. James McCann, one of the best defensive catchers in the game, in my opinion. That's my top five. Leave your answer in the comment section. Now, I didn't know everybody. This week's day, no, it's a great one. Did you know the New York Jets haven't won a Super Bowl this is before the moon landing. Now, the Jets, last time they won a Super Bowl was before the landing on the moon. So that's just a crazy stat right there. Before the landing on the moon, the New York Jets had won a Super Bowl. So the Jets haven't won a Super Bowl since the landing on the moon. Then now Sauce Gardner, Quinn Williams, Jermaine Johnson, Garrett Wilson, Zach Wilson, all these guys can help out that. Maybe the Jets can win a Super Bowl in the next five years. Leave your answer in the comment section. Do you think the Jets can win a Super Bowl in the next five years? It could be possible. That's a stacked AFC right there. I'd say give them seven, eight year window right there. Sauce Gardner's going to be an amazing DB for them. Didn't know that. Leave that in the comment section. That's about what I didn't know this week. So the big news of the week in the NBA was Nikola Jokic winning MVP by back-to-back years. Whoa, whoa. Congratulations, Nikola Jokic. We were saying, whoa, Nikola Jokic does not deserve Back-to-back MVPs. Okay. I agree with that statement. I really do. But Nikola Jokic deserves MVP this year. Maybe not last year. Now, let's define the word MVP. Most valuable player. Not most outstanding. I did an award show. I said Joel Embiid's the most outstanding player in the NBA. Nikola Jokic is the most valuable. Last year, in the NBA award show, I said Nikola Jokic is the most outstanding player in the NBA. Just not the most valuable. Most valuable last year was Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry played with no All-Stars, had one of the best seasons of his career, and should have won MVP last season. So if we're going to bring him back there, let's bring him back there. Steph Curry should have won MVP last season. Nikola Jokic was playing with All-Stars. He's playing with Jamal Murray. He's playing with Michael Porter Jr. No scrubs. Now this season, Nikola Jokic was playing with virtually nobody. No Jamal Murray. No Michael Porter Jr. Aaron Gordon's not that good a player anymore. So Nikola Jokic definitely deserved MVP this year. Joel Embiid's playing with James Harden. He's playing with Tobias Harris. He's playing with Tyrus Maxey. He's playing with all these superstars. He should have won most outstanding player if that was award. That's what it should be. No, it's most valuable. Now, Nicole Jokic deserved MVP this year. Does he deserve back-to-back MVPs? No, but that's my debate right there. He shouldn't have won it last year. Should have won it this year. Now, let's take it back over here to football a little bit. Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs in the NFL this year. Now, last season, Aaron Rodgers probably shouldn't have won MVP. You could say, it should have been Derrick Henry. Let's say, give it to Derrick Henry. Aaron Rodgers was the most deserving player of MVP this season. Just maybe not the season before. So, kind of a problem right here with back-to-back MVPs. A back-to-back MVP should be a player who is unanimously voted. Like Steph Curry, 2015 and 2016, unanimously voted in 2016 and undeserved in 2015. Nikola Jokic wasn't the most valuable player last year. He was the most outstanding player last year. He wasn't the most outstanding player this year. He was the most valuable this year. That's my take right there. That's my MVP take. Leave thoughts in the comments section. It's that time of the episode, right? It's the MLB news part. 
Around the bases, everybody. That's what we call it here if you're new on the show. But around the bases, everybody. Let's start off here, right here in the round bases. I went to a Baltimore Orioles game this week against the Minnesota Twins, which was a great game. Byron Buxton played great. Gary Sanchez played great. Twins won that game. I think it was 6 2 at the final score. But Baltimore Orioles Stadium, Camden Yards, is a great stadium to go. I mean, it's an amazing stadium in MLB. If it's 45,000 fans, guess how many fans are there? 6,000 fans. Now, I'm going to put a picture on the screen over here of the stadium. Which was, I mean, nobody was at the stadium. It was a terrible thing to see right there. Because the Baltimore is the bottom of the league. And they're a low-market team, pretty much. That's the problem with MLB. Low-market teams can't compete. Now you go to New York, you see the Mets. Oh, it's sold out, everything like that. Not because they're contenders. You see, maybe 2017 season, the Mets are terrible. They still get sold-out crowds. It's a growing problem that will be everybody. Bad teams, low-market teams, are getting absolutely no fans. It's not even a bad part of it. It's a low-market team part of it. The Oakland A's aren't the worst team that will be, but they're a low-market team. And they get 2,000 fans a game. Instead, that fits like 40,000. That's sad right there. That's terrible. It's a growing problem that would be. You see John Nindia, reigning rookie of the year, taking a picture with a guy who wears a shirt. Sell the team, Bob. Talking about Bob Castellini, the owner of the Reds. Even the players kind of agreeing at this point. I don't know if you recognize that, John Nindia, but fans want owners to sell the team because the Reds, they're probably going to have to relocate the team if they can't keep this up. I mean, they get no fans. They were good last year. They'd trade everybody. They'd trade Juan Yosaurus. They'd trade Jesse Winker. They probably are going to have to trade Joey Votto at some point. They'd trade Sonny Gray. They'd get rid of Trevor Bauer a couple years ago because they couldn't pay him. It's a growing problem that would be everybody. Low market teams can't do anything. And I've talked about it before, but just low attendance, all these reasons are a big problem right here. And then would be just sad for game baseball. Seeing the Oakland A's, who are probably going to have to relocate to Las Vegas. Seeing Cincinnati Reds, who are probably going to have to relocate to Nashville one day. Sad stuff right here for the MLB. So low market teams get absolutely no attendance. It's a bad problem. That will be. It's one of the worst attendance seasons ever in the MLB. Ever. Tempe Rays are a good team. They get terrible attendance every single year. So it's not just a bad team thing. It's a low market team, everybody. Now that's my take again on the growing problem that will be. That's about for Down the Bases this week. Stay tuned. Now, we've never done this on the show, but it's my MLB hot take show. We're going to do this about every month. I'm going to give my hot take so far throughout the MLB season, what I've seen so far. Now, this isn't a bold prediction type of thing. I'm not saying, oh, Byron Buxton's going to win MVP. I'm going to talk about how Byron Buxton's doing right now, where he stands right now. Let's hop into it. These are my MLB hot takes one month into the season. Now, the first one I'm going to bring up right here, Los Angeles Angels, so far through the season, are the best show in baseball. The show baseball wanted... Another show baseball needed, unfortunately. Shohei Otani is probably the best show in baseball. Probably the best show baseball I've seen in the past 30 years, you could say. Mike Trout's an amazing player. I mean, he could go down as the greatest player of all time once all said and done, accolades-wise. He's probably not going to get 3,000 hits. He's probably not going to get 500 home runs, which is a sad thing right there. Mike Trout's an amazing player, but Angels the best show in baseball right now. Maybe get a little bit more, better pitching, but they're building on that. But this team's not going to win the World Series this year, but they could get to the World Series, in my opinion. Angels, the show baseball wanted, and the show baseball needed. The best show in baseball I've seen so far are the Los Angeles Angels. Now, my next hot take right here is Eric Hosmer. Had a bad season last year, had a bad season before that, and people were saying, oh, he's going to get traded. Remember before the season, Eric Hosmer was about to get traded to the New York Mets for Dominic Smith with Chris Paddock, but he didn't. Eric Hosmer, my pin will get MVP looks this season. He's batting 360 right now, which you probably can't keep that up. They can stay in 300s. He's definitely getting MVP looks, in my opinion. I'm trying to convince you on this right here. Eric Hosmer is an all-star first baseman. He can hit a lot of home runs. He can get on base a bunch. Has one of the best on-base percentage right now. One of the best OPS right now on base plus slugging. And he has the best average in the MLB right now behind his teammate, May Machado, batting 381. So the Padres are a great team I'm bring up later in this hot take show. But Eric Hosmer does get MVP looks, in my opinion. Now, another big hot take I have right here. Kyle Schwarber, who used to be a Chicago Cub, who used to be a Washington National, used to be a Boston Red Sox, now, if you have a Philly, is the best power hitter in the NL. There's no debate about 
Now, that may just be me as a Mets fan talking because I've been torturing him back with Kyle Schwarber as a Mets fan. When he was on the Nationals, oh, he tortured the Mets. When he was on the Red Sox, well, that one series they had against the Mets last season, oh, Kyle Schwarber was great in that series. And now this season with the Phillies, it's just terrible, Kyle Schwarber. I mean, it's, it's sad to see as a Mets fan Kyle Schwarber tearing things up. I think he's the best power hitter in the NL. He has a terrible average right now. He's batting the 100s right now, but he's the best power hitter. When he gets hit, it's a home run. No debate about it. He hit two home runs out of Max Scherzer. One of them, on, a, on one knee, Kyle Schwarber hit a home run. He's one of the strongest players in MLB right now. He's the best power hitter in the NL, in my opinion. It could be Matt Olson, it could be somebody else. But Kyle Schwarber is a great power hitter, the best power hitter in the National League right now. And I think he might even get an invite to the home run derby this year. Almost won a couple years ago when he was on the Chicago Cubs against Bryce Harper. But then, Kyle Schwarber, great player in my opinion, the best power hitter in the NL. That's one of my hot takes. Now, another hot take about first baseman is Spencer Torgelson, everybody. Former number one pick out of Arizona State, 2020 number one overall pick. Now, He's backing up Miguel Cabrera, and I still playing a lot with his three home runs. I think he finishes the season with 30 home runs and wins AL Rookie of the Year. Now, he's a great player, Spencer Torkelson. He's going to go on a crazy streak one week, I think, maybe in July, where he hits seven home runs. Miguel Cabrera already said, oh, he's better than me. He's better than me. Spencer Torkelson has a chance to be a Hall of Famer. Spencer Torkelson has a chance to win MVP in the next three years. That's no joke. Spencer Torkelson is an amazing player, in my opinion. Spencer Torkelson, just a great player. I mean... Tigers aren't doing too great right now, but he's going to get things figured out down the way. Javi Baez is going to get things figured out. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they, they can maybe get up to 80 wins at their peak. But Tigers, not doing too great right now. But Spencer Torkelson is doing pretty well right now. I think Spencer Torkelson wins AL Rookie of the Year right here and gets up to 30 home runs. Is the best rookie in the MLB right now. Spencer Torkelson hits 30 home runs in his rookie season as a first baseman and gets up to a 270 average, let's say, in his rookie season. Now, my next hot take is Byron Bucks and the Minnesota Twins will win MVP in the AL this year. Now, I already said it was going to be Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but I'm switching off my pick. I'm going Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton is the fastest player in baseball. He's definitely one of the best fielders in baseball. He's one of the best power hitters in baseball. Byron Buxton is an amazing player to play. Byron Buxton is such a great player right now. He's the best player this season in baseball out of all leagues, National League and American League. I think he wins MVP in the American League right now. I'm switching off my pick from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Seeing Byron Buxton in person, he's amazing, everybody. Byron Buxton, amazing player. I think he wins MVP season nine at MLB. Now, those are my hot takes for the week. We're going to do a hot take next month. I'm going to be hot takes, but that's my hot takes for the month of April going into May. Now, those are my takes. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, for those of you who watched the show a long time ago, I am a huge New York Giants fan. My New York Giants took Kevin Thibodeau and took Evan Neal. They're two draft picks. Now, they should have probably taken... Ikema Kwanu with number five picking up waited to get Kayvon Thibodeau number seven. But nonetheless, I'm happy with Evan Neal. Now I'm going to talk about Evan Neal in a minute right here. But I'm going to talk about Kayvon Thibodeau right now. Kayvon Thibodeau has one of the worst self-confidence in my opinion. Now he's very confident in himself, but it's a weird type of confidence. He's a player you don't want to play. I mean, not because he's the freak on the field, but because he's so annoying. Now Kayvon Thibodeau has the pretty much attitude issue. It's an annoying issue with Kayvon Thibodeau. Everybody. He said, oh, I'm way better than Evan Neal. Remember before pre-draft, Kayvon Thibodeau said, I'm way better than Evan Neal. I actually go over number one over Evan Neal. Now they're teammates, everybody. And there are clips of Evan Neal crushing him in high school. So I don't know what Kevin Thibodeau's talking about right there. Kevin Dubo has an ego. He has a big brand. It's an interesting stuff right there, Kevin Thibodeau. He's a great pass rusher if he can keep things controlled. He's not going to get into fights. He's not going to get arrested. He's not going to do anything of that for you. But he's going to be annoying on the field. He's going to have attitude issues. That's what I think the problem's going to be right there for Kevin Thibodeau, my New York Giants. He's an elite pass rusher. Second best pass rusher in the strap behind Ian Hutchinson. Interesting stuff right there with Kevin Thibodeau. But what do you think about Kevin Thibodeau going to the New York Giants? I'm certainly. Kind of happy about his New York Giants fan. I wish he went to them at number seven. I wish we got Ike McQuarrie at number five. Nonetheless, happy with Evan Neal. Evan Neal has some issues at Alabama. Played a left tackle and a right tackle, which is a great thing right there. He's very dynamic. Went to the season as probably a projected top three pick. Didn't end up being top three. Hasn't the best tackle in college football this year. But nonetheless, was a consensus All-American. Kevin Tim Doe is a unanimous 
All-American right there. But Evan Neal, good player. Happy with this pick. Like I said, wish we got Ike Mokwano. I think he's better. Uh, run blocker, which the Giants probably need right now. Evan Neal can kind of run block for you, but he's more of a pass blocker. That's what we have with Andrew Thomas, my opinion, and Nate Solder. But nonetheless, happy with these picks from the New York Giants. Leave us in the comment section. That's about I forgot the buzzer this week. Now, the best of last question, this week's question is, who will be the first one seed in the NBA? I don't think they both make the finals. I really don't. I think the Suns probably make the finals, not the Miami Heat, though. I think the Miami Heat with the first one seed drop, and I think it's going to be this series. But if one seed drops before the NBA finals, who will it be? Will it be the Suns or the Miami Heat? Leave your answer in the comment section. That's the power question this week. That's the power of Squirt Sports, Land Frick, episode 78. Glad to be back. Stay tuned. Follow Squirt Sports on Instagram, at Squirt Sports. Follow Squirt Sports on Twitter, at Squirt Sport. Follow Squirt Sports on TikTok, at Squirt Sports. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. For the best. Sports content in the game. We'll be back here next week. Episode 79. Stay tuned.